Hello, Redeemer family. Uh, good morning on this snowy and icy and gloomy gray snow day. This is the snow day sermon or devotional, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I went out this morning to test the roads and whoo boy, uh, the Honda CRV sure can't handle a four wheel drift quite well. It was, it was crazy out there. So I hope you're safe and warm with your family gathering around uh, ye old podcast, just like the early church did to uh, be encouraged for a couple minutes in the gospel this morning. What I'm going to do is instead of continuing with our Roman series, I'm actually going to have you turn in your Bibles to Psalm 88. And I thought what we'd do is we would find a, um, a gloomy, gray, icy, snowy, wet, gross, and dark and sad psalm to go with the weather. So we're going to read Psalm 88 and we're going to actually find some gospel hope in this. Most of the Psalms of Lament, well, all Psalms of Lament, I should say, they do actually end on an upswing. Or they all kind of, they go descend into sadness, but then they swing up at the end and they all kind of sound like, you, O Lord, are great. This is a psalm that does not do that. It actually just crashes into a massive snowbank. And so we're going to read this and see what we can glean from it to be encouraged uh, in gospel hope. Psalm 88, starting in verse 1. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. My prayer comes before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all of your waves. You've taken from me my closest friends, and you've made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day, and I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do your spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave? Is your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness? Or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help. O oh Lord, in the morning my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I've suffered and been close to death, and I've borne your terrors and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood, and they've completely engulfed me. You've taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. This is God's word. Now as we look at this psalm this morning i want to pull three things from it obviously there's way more than three things here but you can find the rest i'm going to give you three the first, we're going to look at how we can share our deepest pain in our darkness and then secondly um uh, how we can cry out to god in darkness and then we're going to really just end and how is it that this psalm encourages us to trust our savior um, in darkness. So firstly, he is crying out. Um, Charles Spurgeon, who's a 17th century theologian, says, the only ray of comfortable light that shines in this psalm is that the writer has salvation. That He's sure of the God of his salvation, and he's sure that God is the sole author of salvation. And so while you can see God as your salvation, it is never altogether midnight. And when you look at verse 1, that's how this begins, the way that David cries out. There's another theologian from the same uh, century. His name is Alexander McLaren. And he says that um, sometimes despair makes men dumb, and sometimes despair 
makes men eloquent. And this is actually an incredible example that providentially uh, we have this psalm of despair making David eloquent. And so then he gives words to our pain and our frustration, our hope and our, sorry, our lack of hope and our sorrow. So this is a psalm that encourages us to bring all of our uninhibited emotions to God, to pour our hearts out to God in our distress, to know that he's hearing our cries. And this is a psalm that gives voice to our pain. So when you think about sharing your pain in those times of darkness, I know this is really hard to imagine, but this psalm was actually sung. Um, it was sung when it was written. It was sung by the people of God the decades after it was written. It was sung by the early church. And this would never pass a songwriting session today. It would ne- All the songwriters, all the worship leaders would be like, no, um, do not print this uh, because it leaves everybody in sadness. But this psalm is is saying that we have a God who is with us in unrelenting sadness. And that's why this psalm ends with an unrelenting sadness. It God doesn't expect us to cover up what's really going on in our hearts and our lives. We can approach God with raw honesty. Uh, the psalmist, is he's pretty clear. You read through the text here. He feels like there's absolutely no escape to the darkness. He's pretty bold. He's telling God what he feels and experiences. And he's actually goes so far as to say that God himself has caused all the downfalls and God has set him in the darkness. God has set him in the, the depths. You know, God has done this. And at the same time, um, this is a psalm that reminds us who we're praying to, right? He's praying to his God and King. He's praying to his creator. He's praying to the God of his salvation. Um, so he's pretty honest and humble, about his sorrow, um, but it's not like the children of Israel in the wilderness when they were just saying, "It's better if we died in Egypt," and God is, you know, not who He says He is. The grumbling in the wilderness was um, precisely because they didn't believe God could save them. This grumbling and crying out, He's doing it be- directed to God precisely because He believes God can save Him, and so. Um, David isn't screaming at heaven and saying, you're a terrible God. He is screaming at heaven and saying, I need my saving God. Look at what is going on in my life. Where are you? And I need you. Which leads us to the last thing of uh, that I just want to encourage you this morning with, which is that you can trust your Savior in your darkness. You know, Psalm 88, it is brutally honest about what life is like in a fallen world. And, um, you know, a lot of you listening to this, you might have moments where you, uh, or very short seasons where you would say you're depressed. You know, I would put myself in that category. Maybe it's a couple hours or maybe it's a day or it's a bad week, but it's not like others of you who are listening to this who have these depressive fogs or spiritually dark seasons that are long and perpetual. It's a, a constant battle and struggle. There's a lot of false theology that teaches that if we just pray hard enough and believe hard enough and and read the Bible enough and check off all of the spiritual discipline boxes that somehow we won't struggle with depression or anxiety anymore. Psalm 88 and other portions of scripture give us permission to sit in the gravity and the reality of what it is to live in a world that is broken to have hearts and minds and physiologies that are 
that are broken that this gives us permission to um you know not have a silver lining theology that says hey you know don't worry the sun will come out tomorrow that everything's going to work out psalm 88 gives us permission to actually grieve everything that is not right with the world it gives us permission to grieve everything that is not right with our life with our families with our relationships with our children or our friends or our own bodies our hearts and our minds this gives us permission to grieve and cry out to god and it points us to the one who by the grace of jesus christ has given us a gospel promise that one day there will be an end to the brokenness and that certainty of that gospel hope is what actually gives us strength like david in the midst of darkness and sadness to be still calling god the god of his salvation trusting in the god of his salvation even in the midst of that darkness and as you know all scripture points to christ all psalms are ultimately about christ they're messianic in nature and they i mean uh, some are overtly messianic but all of them are messianic in the sense that they're all find their, their fulfillment in christ and psalm 88 is no exception if you think about jesus and you reread psalm 88 you're going to find that all of his lament is actually answered in what Jesus came to do to rescue and to restore what was broken. Actually, I'm going to show you a couple examples of this. If we just look quickly at, um, starting in verse 10, he's crying out all these questions to God. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Yes. In Christ, we find that that is exactly what God does. Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Well, yes, because of the resurrection, we will even rise up from death and praise him. Is your love declared in the grave? Verse 11. Yes, it is declared in the grave. As Jesus rested in the grave on the, on, on, on the Sabbath day, we, and rose, we uh, see that his love is declared in the grave and we gather together on the Lord's day to celebrate. Yes, it is declared in the grave. He says, is your faithfulness in destruction? Yes. Jesus Christ was utterly destroyed so that we could be raised from destruction so that we never would be. You can continually go through and see this, that this, the darkness of this psalm is met in Christ, is overcome in Christ, is fulfilled, uh, is fulfilled by Christ. And ultimately, the tears that are here in Psalm 88 are wiped away in the promise of Revelation 21 that every tear will be wiped away from every eye. And it is that certainty that gives us grace and strength um, in the moment, in the day. And this also reminds us, the psalm, that we do need Jesus so much as our intercessor because we don't know what's best. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to pray. This is a great example in Psalm 80 of David just eloquently crying out to God because he doesn't know, um, he doesn't see an escape. He doesn't see a solution. And we thank uh, God, because of his grace, we have Jesus interceding on our behalf, reshaping all of our Psalm 88 laments and cries, reshaping those uh, uh, for our good and for God's glory as we cry out to God. When we have those moments of, of ultimate darkness and sadness, the spirit who is with us prays for us. Even when the pain of life mutes us, the spirit groans within us. The Spirit prays through us. The Son is praying for us, and our Father is hearing us. And so, 
when you see the strong theme in Psalm 88 of, of David being cut off from others, cut off from himself, cut off from God, it's simply restating the disintegration of sin. That's what sin has done to us. And you look at Genesis 3. They sow the fig leaves because they're cut off from one another. There's a shame. They're cut off from themselves. The earth is cursed. There's a cut off from nature. They're, they're, they're sent, excommunicated from the garden. There's a cut off from God. There's a disintegration and separation that sin caused in Genesis 3. And that sin and disintegration is being restated here in Psalm 88. And you and I have to bear uh, times in our lives with the, the disintegration that has come into uh, even our own hearts and minds because of sin. But what the psalm is saying is, you know, as he ends, he's saying, I'm only familiar with sadness. I'm like a child crying alone in the dark, which begs the question, will the heavenly father leave his child there? And the answer is no. Jesus was abandoned so that we would never be. Jesus was forsaken so that we would be forgiven. Jesus was cut off so that we would not be. The gospel promise united to Christ is greater than our darkness. The gospel promise is greater than our darkness. He is with you in your darkness and his grace is made perfect in our weakness and in our darkness. I love you guys. I love you all and I will see you next Sunday.